Well, good morning, church. Hey, it is good to see all of you here today. Come on, you love Jesus, say amen. Hey, good to see all of you online today. If you love Jesus, say amen right there in your home because like your kids won't will wonder what in the world you're doing, but just say, I love Jesus. We are here because of him today, right? And we gather to hear what he has to say to us. I've really been looking forward uh, to today for a while um, because we're gonna, we're gonna start a new series and I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just really excited about this series because it's already been speaking to me. And that's one of the things sometimes people don't realize. I preach a message and people are like, oh, you're just getting down on us or you're challenging us or whatever. No, God's already been getting down on me and challenging me. And my privilege is to be able to share what God's been sharing through me and in me. And so I'm excited today because we are beginning a new series. And it comes from, it comes from a verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, which is going to be kind of the theme throughout this series that kind of sets up what we're gonna talk about over the next few weeks. But let me start by asking you a question. Now, you don't need to answer this out loud. I think it will apply to all of us, but I wanna set the stage with this question. How many of you have somebody, a loved one of yours, who was a follower of Christ, forgiven of their sins, loved God, served God, but they have passed away and they're in heaven right now? Come on, is that all of us? Well, this verse that I'm gonna give you in just a minute, this verse will be especially meaningful to you if you have somebody that loved God, that served God, and that is in heaven today, this verse will especially be meaningful to you because this verse that we're gonna talk about today, it's in, it's, it's in Hebrews chapter 12, but right before that is uh, Hebrews chapter 11, which Hebrews chapter 11 is also called the, the Hall of Fame. It like lists all of like the Hall of Famers um, in, in Christianity, and it lists many of the heroes of the faith who faith, now it doesn't list all of them, but it lists many of them who faithfully served God gave him their life, served him fully, and they, many of them gave their lives for him, and now they are in heaven, and so now that's, chap, that's chapter 11. So now we come to chapter 12, and here's our verse. Come on, this is a verse that should get you excited. Here's our verse. Hebrews chapter 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Who's that? That's all of those that have gone on before us. That's those heroes of the faith. That's those loved ones that you have, those people that you know that love the Lord, served the Lord, gave their lives for him, and, and, and they are now in heaven. It's a great cloud of witnesses. Let us then throw off everything that hinders. Oh, I wish I had time for this. And the sin that so easily entangles, snares us, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Now, I'll just, uh, let me just start out by saying this. I don't know, this is a question that always comes up and I don't know the answer to this question. Question is, pastor, can our loved ones like look down from heaven and see all that we're doing? Now, there are days that I wish that were true. Wish my mom and dad could look down right now and see me standing here. My dad would say, Sick them, boy. You know, he, he, I wish they could look down and see my grandkids or, you know, I, I wish there are people that, that could look down. I don't know if that's true. Part of me, part of me hopes so, but I just got to be honest with you. There is part of me that hopes not. 
<laughs> Come on. I, I'm, I'm moving over here. Is that camera going to follow me? Let's see. Hey, they did it. All right, I'm going to do this. Because we got good looking people over here and I want to be able to see them. I thought I'd get an amen over here. See, there are days that I hope because of what happens in this world of ours that they can't see everything that goes on down here. I'm hoping because the Bible says there is just joy and happiness in heaven. And so part of me says if they look down, like if they saw our world today, if they saw the church today, now I'm not talking about just, I'm not talking about our, I'm talking about the church because when I see what's happening in the church and I see the bickering among just Christians, it's enough to make you want to throw up. And so I don't know if that's the case or not, but it does say there is a cloud of witnesses cheering us on, kind of in the stands, cheering for us uh, because it would, you know, um, it, it's just this picture of, now here, let me, let me do it this way. I don't know if they can see everything that happens, but let me, let me parallel it this way. It does say they're in the stands cheering us on. So imagine that we are at the Olympics and we're in the stands and there is a 5K race going on. So it's a, a, a long race and most of the race is done maybe outside of the stand. Maybe it's like a 26K race and they're outside of the stands. They're running down the streets. They're running around the city. Um, and, 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 and you can't, you can't see them. They can't see you, but the stands are full and they are cheering. They, 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 they are just applauding. Um, and, and they can't see until the runners come on for that last lap around the track. Are you with me? And when that happens, boy, they all just explode with applause and they just go wild. I, I kind of maybe picture it a little more in that line that, Maybe they're not seeing everything down here, but they are cheering for us. And as we make the turn and we head into that final lap of the race of our lives, they are just going crazy for us, cheering us on. And I say that because there are some of you right now that are in the last lap. You've been through most of the race. Come on, you've been there. You've been down the road, but you are now, come on, you're close to the last lap. And what I want you to hear is the applause of heaven for you saying, don't give up, don't give in, don't get defeated, hang in there. And all of those that you have known and all of those that you have loved are cheering for you to finish the race strong and finally be at home. And a part of that crowd is this heroes of faith, that these cloud of witnesses. And I, I want us to allow each of them that we look at, we're not gonna look at all of them, but we're gonna look at several over the next few weeks, that if they could come beside us and share with us something that would help us on the journey of our race to encourage us to finish well, what would that, what would that look like? So, Today, we're gonna, we're gonna look at this series, Heroes of Faith, and today we're gonna look at the character of Isaiah. Isaiah is an Old Testament prophet who lived about 800 years before uh, Jesus. He's considered a major prophet, um, in part because he had like the most to say, 66 chapters in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah. Um, Isaiah, Isaiah was this prophet that God gave incredible vision to. Isaiah would look ahead and Isaiah had this clear, 800 years before he came, he had a clear picture of, of Jesus. He, he had a clear vision of his birth. It would be Isaiah that would say to us these words, we all know this, 
For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. You know, you know that scripture, that's Isaiah. He's talking about Christ 800 years before he ever came into this world. God gave Isaiah a clear picture of the crucifixion, vivid picture. It was Isaiah that would say, but he would be pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. By his wounds, we would find healing. That was Isaiah. And listen, all of you skeptics or agnostics, come on, are you, are you with me? Uh, you need to come on in close, come on, come on. Come on, there we go, yeah. Come on, listen to me. All you skeptics and agnostics, and you're like, I don't even know if there's a God, I don't know, whatever. You need to know that this is documented historical facts written down in history books long ago, 800 years before Christ ever came. And it was Isaiah who predicted the very events of our human history, the very events of Christ that when he came into this world, he divided history in half. And every time you write a check, it marks the fact that Christ came because Isaiah prophesied about him. Woo, praise God for that, come on. See, you don't have to just go by faith, and I, I think that's how we have a relationship with Christ, but you can, just look at the, you can just look at the historical facts written down in the books if you need evidence for the existence of God. This is it. And so here is the theme verse for Isaiah that I want us to look at today to help us see, and here is, here's what Isaiah says. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the first thing that Isaiah would say to us, no matter what your life has been like, no matter your li whether your life's been going the right way or the wrong way, if you have taken the good road or you found yourself on the bad road, you will hear a voice, if you will listen, you will hear a voice that says to you, this is the way to go. Walk this way. And Isaiah would say, if you will listen, God will speak to you. And Isaiah will help us today understand how to hear the voice of God in our lives, how to get direction in our lives when things seem to be going um, awry, how to, how to find hope in a hopeless world. And here is the message of Isaiah today. When you, are, when you are trying to make sense of it all, it is a personal encounter with a holy God that changes everything. You, you come to church and you encounter people. Now, some of you, not as much as you would like right now, right? You, you see people. Some of you are really longing for that. We have so many that are home right now. And they wish they could be here today, but they, they're more vulnerable. They're, they're, they feel better, safer right where they are. And hey, we love you, you're okay. Now, some of you others need to get back here, but you guys that are vulnerable, you're all right. But they wish they could be here. And one of the reasons is they, they miss, they long for the relationships, the fellowship, the, to see each other, to be with each other. A personal encounter with God changes everything. You, you come into church, you see people, you come into to church and we sing songs like we've been blessed to do today and you hear some teaching, but that's not the issue. My question to you is, have you ever had a personal encounter with God? 
Because why do we exist? I say this almost every week before I ever preach. Come on, you should know it by now. We exist as a church. Why are we opening our doors? We exist. Why do we stream online? Because we are trying to encourage and equip people to become what? Fully devoted followers of Christ. We exist to help people have a personal encounter with Christ. That's the reason we are in existence. And an encounter with the living God will, will show you that God does not waste your pain. Some of you are going through some things right now and you are in awful pain. Listen, God is not going to waste your pain. God usually speaks the clearest. Come on, some of you are in pain right now. Come on, some, somebody's going through some stuff. I read this past week that uh, depression and suicide rates through all this have almost doubled. And somebody's, somebody's watching today and you are going through excruciating pain and you have even had thoughts about your life and whether it even matters. And what I would wanna say to you today and all of us that are in this place today is that God usually speaks to us the clearest when we are in the most pain. In their pain, most people tend to run from God, not to God. Most people in their pain tend to push back from God rather than run toward God. And if you are in the middle of pain right now, here's my encouragement to you. Don't run from God, run to God. Don't push away from him, draw, draw close to him. Listen, listen, even if the pain is the pain you created, <laughs> come on, can I, can I at least get an amen here that uh, a lot of us have created a lot of pain in our own lives, right? I mean, like, you know, it's like if I could kick the person causing me the most pain, I wouldn't be able to sit down for a week, right? We cause a lot of our own pain. And if you are in the middle of pain right now, don't run from God, run to God. Um, even if it's pain you created and you think, oh, I caused this pain and I need to pull back from God because he's really upset with me. Right? No, 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 no. You don't pull back. You run close to him, get close to God. That's why, the, that's why Isaiah would say this. He said, in the year King Uzziah died. Now, this was a painful time for Israel when King Uzziah died. That's why he's writing this. It was hard, it was painful. Why? King Uzziah was the best king they had ever had. Until he began to walk away from God, turned evil, started doing some evil things. And when he died, it broke Israel's heart because they loved him so much. He was such a great king. And they grieved in large part because not only losing someone they loved, but they lost the potential of what could have been. And then Isaiah said, so in the year he died, when I was down, when I was in pain, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him were were seraphim, angels. And it says, and they were calling out to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds, now that, is, that represents the foundations of our lives, shook and the temple was filled with smoke. That represents the glory of God. So in their deepest pain, when it seemed like the foundations of their life were crumbling, in the midst of that, when they drew close to him, the, the, the glory of the Lord just came and filled that place. At the darkest times of your life, 
Don't run from God, run to God. I've received so many um, letters and emails and messages through the years of people whose lives were changed, what God had done in their lives, great stories. This is from a woman, I pulled this out. This is from a woman whose life was filled with pain almost to the point of overwhelming her. And she was invited to church. Let me, um, so one morning at the end of the service, we had an invitation for people to come and pray and the altars were full. And I was praying with somebody kneeling down and an usher tapped, this is the only time this ever happened. An usher tapped me on the shoulder and he said to me, pastor, you are needed in the ladies' restroom. I have never heard that one before. And I'm like, I'm busy, I'm praying right now. They said, no, you, you need to come, you need to come with me. And so they escorted me down the side of the church, out into the foyer, down a hallway, and someone was standing with the lady's door open, holding it open for me. And when I walked in, um, on the floor was a dear saint of ours and she had in her arms cradled a woman that I had never met. And um, all I could hear her say was, oh Lord, I am so sorry for my sin. Please forgive me over and over. Oh Lord, I'm so sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. And it's never happened before and it never has happened since, but there three feet away from a toilet on the floor, I prayed with her to receive Christ as her savior. Now, a short time later, I received this. Pastor, uh, I'll read a portion just for time's sake. I was lost, lonely, full of pain from sins too great to bear. Facing life's battles all alone, I found I was often losing. So bruised from my past, bad marriages, a family I had lost, and a life of deep pain. Disappointment and depression consumed my life. It was as if I were inside a bubble watching other people living their wonderful lives with happiness that I did not deserve to have. But in my greatest pain, God sought me. I was invited to church by someone I met, scared to death and ready to die. I entered into this wonderful place. I felt from the very moment I walked in welcomed and loved like I had never felt loved before. As you spoke, I was overwhelmed by my sin. I felt like I was the only one in the room you were talking to. I got up and I tried to leave the building overwhelmed with the load of a life of failures. And I couldn't even make it out of the building. And there I found myself on a bathroom floor and on that floor, pastor, you introduced me to a loving father. I finally found a home, a place that 
loved me unconditionally. I was prayed for, exposed to God's word, invited by people that loved me to attend a small group. With every message, my pain and heartache were addressed. I was shown how to put my sins on the cross for Jesus to bear and leave them behind me. At that moment, my bubble broke and the glory of God came rushing into my heart. And in that moment, all of the loneliness and pain I had carried for years and years was gone. No longer do I carry the weight of my sins. My life is filled now with happiness, love, and smiles. God has become my best friend. He has turned my sorrow and pain into wonderful joy. My family is now my church family, and my home church is truly my home. I I know how short our lives are, Pastor, but with the short breath that I have left, I now look forward to seeing others like myself find his love and become a part of his church and come to know my wonderful Lord and friend. Come on, church, that's why we exist, right? Wow. And I look forward to more and more and more stories like that in the days ahead. And if this is where you are, if this is where your life is, and this is how you feel, this is a message for you. God will not waste your pain. He will use it for his glory. He will not let it go. He will use it. Don't run from him. In your pain, as hard as it is, run to God. Somebody say amen. An encounter with the living God will also show that when we see God clearly, we see ourselves better. I've often had people say, well, I need to get some things straightened out before I come to the Lord. My life's just a big mess. And my response is, no, 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 no. You need to come to God because you need him to help you clean your mess up. When Christ comes, he he wants to go deep. He wants to push into the areas of the greatest pain in your life. Some of you are really good at hiding that. Some of you are really good at stuffing that down. You've done it for years and years and a lifetime. But Christ wants to come and he wants to push deep into the areas of our greatest pain. And this is where we tend to push back. We want to have like a kind of an encounter with God and then we want God to leave us alone, right? We want want to have him forgive us, love us, and then kind of leave us alone. Now, he, he loves us. When we come to him, come on, no matter how great your sin, he loves us like we are. Oh, come on, more than three people thought that, right? Come on, okay, hey, they're out of it here today, folks online. They haven't had enough coffee, online. He loves us just like we are. Man, have I got some work to do. All right, Uh, he loves us just like we are, but he loves us too much to leave us like we are. So Isaiah said, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. He saw the condition of his life. When he came into the presence of God, he clearly saw his own life, his own shortcomings, his own sin. And when you get close to God and you press in, God is going to reveal some stuff about you. And it doesn't matter who you are. I had a board member one time come to me at the end of a service and he got close to me and he said, oh, pastor, pray for me right now. 
God has exposed to me during the service today how full my life is of pride. Would you pray that God would humble me? And there in that place, I put my hands on him and we prayed together until he just wept away pride. Woe to me. See, uh, he is... He is struggling because he sees in the presence of God, he sees how unclean he truly is. And, you know, um, well, let me just say it this way. There are some of you, um, oh, I gotta be careful. I'm gonna tread on dangerous territory right now. I'm, okay, let me just enter into the mask unmasked thing. There are some of you dying to take the masks off and be done with it. Well, this is a great place to take the masks off and let God expose to us who we really are. Woe is me, he cried. Because when you see God clearly, we will see ourselves better. And an encounter with the living God will also uh, show that God forgives our past in order that he can redeem our future. Some of you can't move to your future because you can't get over your past. You are stuck in your past. You're thinking about things that happened when you were a child and you blame yourself. You think about things that you did when you were a teenager or foolish things that you did in your early part of your life and that consumes you and it keeps you held back and you are stuck in your past and you wonder how it can ever get better. Here's how, get over your past and get on to your future. If God has forgotten it, why don't you? If God has moved beyond it, why don't you move beyond it? Often our image of God is so wrong. Micah tells us with God, he has thrown our sins into the sea of his forgetfulness. He doesn't remember it anymore. I love the old, old song. Do I have any old timers here today? <laughs> I love the old, old song. Do, do any of you remember this one? Gone, gone, gone gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Gone. See, God is for you. God is not against you. He has never been against you. It says, then one of the seraphim flew, one of the angels flew with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. Now, the altar for us today is the cross. And he went on to say, with it, he touched my mouth. And he said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Some of you still struggle and you can't move forward because you haven't let God take care of your yesterdays once and for all. And here is why he wants to change us. Here is why he wants you to forget about whatever is beyond in your past. Here is the reason that he wants to redeem what has happened to you. He said, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will, who will go? And Isaiah said, here am I, Lord, send me. You will never experience the best of God in your life until you find yourself at the place that you are doing something for God. Here I am, God, use me. 
I was thinking this week, come on uh, now, I'm gonna brag on somebody right now, but when I'm bragging on them, I wanna brag on every person in this place. You just pretend like I'm saying your name that serves the Lord faithfully, that you do it without recognition. You do it because God has redeemed you and put your life on a new course. But I love a guy in our church named Ed Welches. He is like, he is like my friend. You may not know it, but every day, he comes in at night, every night, and he turns all the lights out in this place. Look, just look to the ceiling. There's a lot of lights in this place. He goes around to every door and makes sure every door is locked up, makes sure that everything is safe, checks all that, all that we have, and, and he does that every night. Did you know on Sundays, now I get here usually around six, sometimes a little before that. Not long after I'm here, there, this, this sweet guy named Ed comes into this place and he does a reverse. He goes through our building and he unlocks every door. He opens classroom doors. He turns on lights. He comes into this place. He turns on lights. He opens the door so that when we come in, he gets this building ready for us. I didn't know this for the longest time, but every week he goes to, uh, some of you may get like blessed at this. He goes to Dirty Dan Donuts. And he picks up donuts for all of those on our worship team and our band and our tech team. And he takes it back there and he sets it up for them. And he does it all. I was here the longest time. I had no idea who did it. I just thought like God did it, you know, <laughs> just like he does it every week. And there are so many others that serve like that. And I just, I just want to say, can we give thanks for all of the Ed Welches in our church that serve God so faithfully today? And here's what I would say to all of you, and I'll say this to all of you online, you need to get in the game. God has a purpose for your life. He has gifted you, and you will never experience the best of God in your life until you are doing something for God. Here I am, use me. And I'll just say this, sometimes people say, oh, it's such a big church, you just must have plenty of people to help. No, we just have a lot more stuff to do. And there are so many areas of need right here, right now. And if you're just coming in and you have never served, you're not using your gifts. Now I know there are seasons and sometimes we can do more than at others. And sometimes there are physical limitations, but I'll just say for all of us, God did not gift us so that we would just sit on the gift and never open it and never use it. He has a purpose for your life. You matter to this church. There are ministries that cannot happen right now because we're sitting on those gifts that God has given that he wants to release so that the church can really flourish and serve and help others like he designed for that to be. And some of you, oh, don't go there, Tim. Sometimes we can just come and watch the show in the building or online and then we turn it off and we go on our way and nothing ever is changed. And some of you, some of you have never rolled up your sleeves and said, God, here am I, use me. You will never experience the best of God in your life until you are using the gifts that he has given to you. I believe that with all of my heart. Well, what would Isaiah say to us? That was just a warm up to the message so far. So I'm gonna get into the message now. Now I'm about done. Hold on, hang in there. 
What would Isaiah say to us today? He would say, God wants to give more of himself to you. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, God wants to give more of himself to you. And I'm speaking to myself here. I have not received everything from God. He continually wants to do more and more through me. Because if you start thinking, been there, done that, you'll get bored and you'll get critical. You'll start to judge people, you start to judge ministry, start to judge pastors. You'll feel like you know it all, your heart will shrink. You will think the best days of your church are behind you. Come on. But here's what Isaiah said to us, or says to us today. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. He just says, seek the Lord. Staff member, seek the Lord. Board member, seek the Lord. Small group leader, seek the Lord. All of us, seek the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 13 is this passage. You will seek me, God says. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And here is the challenge for some of you, and you have never gotten to this place in your spiritual journey. And here it is for us today. Here's the challenge. Go all in with God. It's not like a partial thing. It's like God says, I didn't come because I wanted to like redeem 5% of your life or 10% of your life. No, no. He says many times throughout the Bible, I am a selfish God. I'm a jealous God. I want all of you. When Vicki and I were married, she didn't want just a part of me. She wanted my whole attention. Come on. She wanted me, when we said I do, she wanted me all in. Does that make sense? And when God looks at you and he looks at what his son did to redeem your life and he created you and gave you a purpose and he knows where your life can be, he says, I want you all in because I have plans for your life that you wouldn't believe even if I told you. There's nothing that God has for you that you wouldn't love with all your heart. There are sometimes I see people, and I, and I, I come on, I, I remember feeling this way. When I, before I ever surrendered my life to Christ, become a pastor, I felt like if I do, I, he's gonna call me to do some stuff that I just don't wanna do, like go to Africa and eat worms. Come on, that, come on, anybody know what I'm saying? And all I know is if that was God's plan for my life, the moment I said yes to him, he would have given me a great appetite for worms. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He will not call you to anything that you will not love with all your heart. Like some of you come in, like I was thinking in worship today, there are some of you, you are so not all in. It's, it's even hard for you. It's like hard for you to even worship the Lord with like, like doing this. Oh, now you're treading pastor. Now you're on thin ice. Some of you, when you worship, it's like your hands are gorilla glued to your side. You know what I'm saying? They have, if, if you tried to get them up, you couldn't, right? And the Bible says we should offer to the Lord a sacrifice of praise. Do you know what, do you know what, uh, come on, universally, tell me, just say it out loud. What does this mean? Surrender. I surrender. We've got a policeman right down here on the front row. He knows that. I surrender. I give up. And I think this is one of the issues that keeps us from truly encountering God is that we have never surrendered all we are to him. We're kind of like more like waving at him with one hand, you know, like waving at him. He's like, no, 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 I want surrender. 
And some of you just need to jump in with both feet and find out it is so refreshing um, to be in the fullness of God. If you would just go all in, it would change your life. And I'll go beyond that and I'll say this, it would change the destiny of your family. Your sons and your daughters and your grandkids, if you would go all in. Well, um, the second one is this. Let me give them to you quickly. God wants to change your life. He does. He loves you just the way you are, but too much to leave you that way. And that includes me. And that's why, that's why we have to come to church or watch online with an attitude that says, Lord, what else do you want from me? How else can you use me? Here we go. Isaiah said, come now, let's reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be white. Do we have any white as snow people in here today? Oh, good, three of us. Um, Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. And here's what I wanna say to some of you today. Your only role is to be willing and obedient. You can't change your life. You can't fix your mess. You can't turn your life around. But what you can do is you can be willing and obedient and watch God do that. Somebody think, well, I've been like this my whole life. I'm destined to be the way I am. My dad was ornery and cantankerous and I'm destined to be ornery and cantankerous. That's just how I'm gonna be. And I would say to you, not with God. God can change you. He can break generational curses. He can set you free. He can change your life. Come now, let us reason together. And then, and then it goes on to say, First Peter uh, chapter two, like a newborn babe, you must crave pure spiritual milk, crave, uh, make change in your life, go from milk to uh, something greater so that you will grow in the full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had the taste of the Lord's kindness. We continue to take steps toward God. We don't become transformed overnight. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't just take us from here, way over there in a moment, he can but often it's just taking steps. And so here's the key for you today. Take one step toward God. Take one step toward God. If you're lost, give your life to Christ. There's your step. If you're saved, get baptized. Some of you, some of you have never been baptized. I'm talking to some of you online today. You have never ever been baptized. It's mentioned 27 times in the New Testament. It's, it's so powerful that Jesus exampled it for us. And if you would like to be baptized, we'll figure out a nice COVID way. Even if I have to like be across the stage and hit you with a squirt gun, I'll do that. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But if you have never been baptized and you want to be baptized, let us know. Call the church, send us an email online. Just write baptized right now on there. We'll get in touch with you. Let us know. Um, Every day I put this ring on right here. Come on, you with me? Do you know why we put this ring on men? It's to show that we belong to somebody else. So every day when those hundreds and thousands of women You know, this is like, sorry, back up. Just take a step back. I'm taken. 
right? <laughs> Baptism shows that we have been taken and we belong to somebody else. If you've never joined the church, commit yourself to the body. Because when you join, you're saying, I'm a part of the team. I'm coming out of the stands. I wanna be a part of the team. Use me, use my gifts. We'll help you find those. If you don't have a place to serve, serve. Take a step. What is your step? And then let me give you the last one. God wants to use you. He does. God has a purpose for your life. Did, did you ever think about this? Every one of us in this place today are a part of his plan for our church and a part of his plan for our world. He has gifted you and purposed you. And Paul says to you, a part of the body of Christ is suffering if you are not functioning for your design. So Isaiah chapter 60, verse one through three, here's what he says. So arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Arise and shine. Do you know why you are unfulfilled? Do you know why you are miserable? It's because you need to get up. You need to shine. The world needs us to rise up and shine for him. People of God, full of hope, full of life, full of love, full of purpose, people who have an answer. We are the hope. So he says, see, darkness covers, covers the earth. I don't know that in my lifetime, I have ever seen darkness so dark as we're seeing across our world right now. Darkness covers the earth, thick darkness is over the peoples, <laughs> but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. This is what we were created to do. Last verse, you know why God changed you? You know why we exist? Nations, <laughs> nations will come to light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. That's what happens. That's what happens when we are faithful. That's what happens when we allow God to use us. That's why we come. That's why we take a step toward him. And here, here's the last key. Well, the scripture for God's masterpiece, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things. And here's the deal, discover your purpose. I wish I had time and I will get to this, but every one of you have a purpose and there are a lot of you in this room that have no idea what your purpose is. If you will let us, we will help you. I will help you discover what your purpose is. And when you find your purpose and you begin to engage it and let God use you, you will find that your life is so fulfilled you can hardly stand it. Find your purpose and passions he gave you and together let's change our city and let's change our world, amen? Just bow your heads right where you are. Bow your heads at home just for a moment. Let's pray together. I'm praying for every one of you. I'm praying for those that are here today but I am praying for those of you that are watching online. Many of you are going through pain. 
So many of you are overwhelmed by the things of life right now, so lonely, so depressed. Discouragement just fills you. Life seems hard and unbearable for you right now, <laughs> but you just happen to tune in today or you just happen to be in this place today in his house to hear this message from the prophetic voice of Isaiah himself, that even in the midst of your pain and even in the midst of your rebellion and even in the midst of your running from God, God is still reaching out to you. He is drawing some of you gently to himself today. Listen, <laughs> don't run from him. Run to him. Right now, God, I want more. I want more of you, God. I give myself to you today, change my life. I'm surrendering my life to you. I give you my sin. I ask for your forgiveness in my life. Change me, use me. Somebody needs Jesus today. Somebody. Somebody either here or watching online, they're probably both, I'm assuming both, I know both. You need Jesus today and you have never given your life to him. You have never been forgiven of your sin. Here's a message that the church will always preach. God has been speaking to you and your heart is stirred and he loves you today and he wants to forgive you today. He wants to receive you like make you his own son and daughter. And just right now, you wanna receive him in your life. This isn't a game, it's the most serious thing you will ever do with your life. Who will say, I will do it? I'm lost and I need Christ in my life. Who's bold enough to say that? I wanna give my life today to Christ. Come on, heads bowed, eyes closed. Who would say that? Just put your hands up real quickly, real quickly across this place. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else? Yes, online, yes. Online, just put on there. If you're bold enough, just put, just, just put on there, I need Jesus, I, I, I need Jesus. Some of you have some past, you just need to let go of that. You need to give it to him. You have never let go of the guilt and the scars and the shame in your life. And he's asking you to do that today, to move close to him. Come on, just turn all that pain and anger and regrets and remorse over to him. And so Father, right now in Jesus' name, I'm glad it's not my name. I'm glad it's not anyone else's name, but it is the name of Jesus. And in Jesus' name, we come and we ask that for everyone who lifted their hands or for those sitting at home right now, that their life is full of brokenness and hurt and pain and even sin that those that said, I need Jesus, they would just right now open their heart and life and they're receiving the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ through his atonement for their life on the cross. I pray you would push away all the guilt and the shame and let it just wash away right now. I pray you would remind them that they are dearly loved children of God. And Father, for those of us that maybe you have pressed in and said, I wanna use you, I have a plan for your life. I pray you would give them the courage to take the next step. I pray that they would maybe find a place to say, you know, use me here. 
or I don't know what my gifts are, help me find my gifts. Maybe they make a phone call this week to the office or send an email or talk to one of the staff. We wanna help them, God. We wanna serve you, we wanna use our gifts because you have a purpose for our life that intersects our church and our world to draw people into a relationship with you. We pray it in Christ's name, amen.